0: Hey, this is Steve Campbell from the C3 Church. Thank you for joining us for this podcast. Our prayer for you is that you'll be blessed, equipped, and enabled as you listen to this message. God bless you. Welcome to everyone that's joining us online. I want to start today's message in the same way I've started All the messages that I've been doing during this pandemic, I want to pray a prayer, the same prayer that I pray daily. So join with me as I pray this. God of all creation, the one who spoke the world into being and who is bringing all things to completion, we trust you. We trust you with our lives, we trust you with our future, we trust you in all seasons. We pray for the comfort of those who have lost, we pray for healing for those who are sick. We pray for supernatural intervention to stop this pandemic. We pray for wisdom for governments. We pray protection on health care workers. We pray for the weak and the vulnerable, that they may be safe. We pray that the gospel of Jesus Christ will shine out in this season. And we pray that the church will rise up and be all she has intended, as salt and light in the world. We pray for your kingdom to come and your will to be done on earth, as it is in heaven, in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. And so today we're starting a new series. This is a new series Sunday, which is always a highlight for us in the C3 family. And we're going to be focusing for a number of weeks now, we're going to do a deep dive into one particular book in the Bible. It's the book of Proverbs. It's called Wisdom Literature. And the title we have given for this series is simply this, Everyday Wisdom. Everyday Wisdom. And we've called it that for obvious reasons. We all have choices to make every single day. And we're going to look at some of the wisdom that's found in this book to help us with those choices and decisions that we have to make. But first, let's just ask this question. Why the need for such Buck. Well, let's have a mass confession. Hey, this will make us all feel better, I'm sure. How many of you that are listening in, watching us online right now, have ever done anything stupid? Go on, raise your hand wherever you are. You've made a poor decision. You've done something you have a regret over. All of us. This is it. This is better. This this next question is even better. Make us feel even better. What about this? Here's a more fun one. How many of you ever known someone who is really clever, very high IQ, maybe multiple degrees from some of the best universities in the world, you know someone like that, but you know they have made some unwise decisions some dumb choices. You've seen them lose their temper. You've seen them make choices in relation to uh, uh, relationships, and you know that there is something they've done wrong. Ever known someone like that? Yeah, of course we have. Because wisdom is not the same as IQ. You can have a very high Q and not be wise. There's an old story, I think it's obviously not a true story, but about a pilot, a Boy Scout, and the guy with the highest IQ in the world, three of them, and they all went into a plane together. And there's three of them, but the plane gets into trouble, and the engines are failing. And so they look at one another, and they say, oh, the problem is we've only got two parachutes. Quickly, the smartest man in the world with the highest Q grabs one of the parachutes, puts it on, and before he jumps out the plane, he says, I'm sorry, but the world needs me. I've got the highest IQ. They need my brilliance, and he jumps out the plane. At which point, the pilot looks at the young boy, this young scout that was in the plane, and he says, hey, I've lived my life. You, you, you take the one remaining parachute. I've lived my life. I'm older, you're young, you've got your life ahead of you. You go ahead and take it. At which point, the boy scout said, hey, no problems uh, to the pilot. He said, the smartest man in the world just jumped out with my backpack on. All of us know people that have taken a jump with a backpack, not a parachute metaphorically speaking. Why do we need wisdom? Here's the answer. Because we all do stupid things on occasions. We all need wisdom. Many of us have seen in this last month that lady who is a, a, a nurse and had been working all day and got to the supermarket only to find, because of panic buying, there was no food left for those people that are serving on the front line in our community today. And her heart went out to her as she put up on Instagram and other social media platforms, how she felt. And she was so upset. And one of the things she said was this, it's so stupid, stop it. It's stupid, stop it. We all do stupid things. The main author of the book of Proverbs, although not the only one, is a man called Solomon. Solomon, you probably know, was described as the wisest man in the world. And yet he came from a very dysfunctional family. If you read some of the history around Solomon, as I say, he wrote most of the Proverbs. If you read some of the history around him, you see that he was the son of David and Bathsheba. Bathsheba was the woman that David had an affair with and their first child had died. But the second child was Solomon and David promised to Bathsheba that Solomon would be the next king. But if you read some of the family history of David and the family around them, this is what happened. It turned out that David had promised Bathsheba that Solomon was going to be king, but it became clear that another son, Adonijai was destined for the throne. If it, if it was to become, if he was to become king, he needed to kill his half brother Solomon. So Solomon kills, kills Adonijai first. In a nutshell, this is the family history. Listen to this David's first son is killed by his second son. The second son is killed by David's general, Joab, who David, with his dying breath, left instructions to be killed. The third son, Adonijah, is killed by David's son, Solomon. And you think your family is dysfunctional? This is like anything beyond East Enders. But when Solomon does come to the throne, he asks God, God says to him, Ask for anything. And this is what he asks for, wisdom. And God is pleased that he asks for wisdom, so he promises him all kinds of other honor and wealth that go with the wisdom gift. He knew, Solomon knew, he needed wisdom for ruling and reigning. If I can just say this to us, if we're to live successful lives, and we need to define that sometimes, it's not just getting, it's living lives of wisdom. If we're to live successful lives, we need wisdom and we must never be afraid to ask it in the new testament for ask for it to ask for it the new testament it says this he who lacks wisdom should ask god who gives generously to all without finding fault now here's the reality with solomon he did really well he followed the ways of god in a number of areas he judged the people with wisdom we probably all know the story of the two prostitutes that came to him with a baby, both claiming it was their baby. And Solomon had the wisdom to say this, well, I don't know which one it belongs to, so I'm going to cut the baby in half and give you half each. To which the real mother, of course, responded and said, no, give it away. And Solomon, with his wisdom, solved the situation. And so he ruled with a, with a wisdom And then we know he built the temple. He built the house of God. Although it did take him longer to build his own house than it did the temple of God. Nevertheless, he built a temple for God. And there's lots that he did well. It says this about him in 1 Kings 4, 29 to 34, that he had great insight. And the breadth of his understanding was measureless as the sand of the seashore. And it goes on to talk about his incredible wisdom. But then there's this one verse which is sad and really is a warning to all of us. This is 1 Kings 3, verse 3. It says, Solomon showed his love for the Lord by walking according to the instructions given by his father David. And then this one word, except, except that he offered sacrifices and burned incense on the high places. Except. And if we could go into what that meant, those sacrifices, these were awful practices that other religions were involved in and this is what it says accept wisdom helps us with our exceptions where are your accept areas right now what are the areas that you are struggling with Could it be with your finances? Could it be morally? Could it be with your choices of relationships? Could it be with the decisions that you make? And wisdom comes through all in the book of Proverbs to help us in those areas where we may have an accept. Today, I'm just doing an introduction to this. Other weeks, we're going to deep dive into some areas. Do you have a problem with money? Is that your accept area? That you need to work on proverbs helps us with all of this the exception for solomon was that he married women who were from other countries because he desired them he went he went for what he wanted rather than the way of wisdom and as a consequence he ended up it says this in 1 kings 11 uh, verse 1 to 4 as solomon grew old so wisdom can leave us even in old age His wives turns his heart after other gods and his heart was not fully devoted to the Lord. Where are your exceptions? Wisdom can help you with this. So where do we start? Where do we get wisdom? Well, it starts right at the beginning in the book of Proverbs with how we can gain wisdom. And this is how it can be done. It can be done, how can we gain wisdom? By this, number one, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge but fools despise wisdom and instruction. And later on, again in Proverbs, it tells us, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. You say, well, what, are we supposed to fear God? Yeah. He's almighty. He's all-knowledgeable. He's the judge of the living and the dead. We should fear God. Now, that fear isn't a cowering, skirt in the corner. This is a respect and an awe for a God who is almighty. And that's the beginning of wisdom. Don't live your life as though you are the end of your life, that you know all the answers, that you are the end of all things. No, there is one who is the beginning and the end, who should be feared, who even has the keys over death. Hey, fear is gripped. Our nation and the nations of the world in these last few weeks and months. Maybe we should have a holy, healthy fear that's a fear of God. God who's a God who judges, God who's a God who knows our beginnings and ends. This is what Jesus said. I tell you, my friends, do not be afraid of those who kill the body, and after that can do no more. But I will show you whom you should fear. Fear him who after killing of the body has power to throw you into hell. Yes, I tell you, fear him. I'd say this to us guys, fear nothing else but God. Because he's the one who is in control and has the power over all things. Second question, how can I understand this book of Proverbs? Well, a lot of Proverbs tell us how life works most of the time. There will be exceptions. They're not promises. They are general principles. And we live for the general principles rather than having to live for the exceptions. But there can be exceptions, basically. And it's more than this. It's more complex than this. But in the Bible, there are laws, promises, and proverbs. The laws are the commands of what we're supposed to do. The promises are a guarantee they will happen and they'll stay true, whatever happens in life. And the Proverbs are those catchy kind of, like a tweet in less than 140 characters, ways of of way things generally work. Let me give you an example. Here is a law. law. Love the Lord your God with all your heart. That's Deuteronomy chapter 6. That's a law. Here's a promise, Romans 8. Nothing can separate us from the love of God. Nothing, not even death, can separate us. Are there exceptions to that? None. But here's a proverb. He who tills the land will have plenty of bread. Put it in modern vernacular, he who works hard will have much, enough bread on their table. But you and I all know there are exceptions to that. We're living in a time of exception where people who are hardworking have lost their job and don't have enough bread on their table. But the general principle in life is if you work hard, you'll have plenty on your table. But there are exceptions. There are sometimes lazy slobs, if I may use that word, who win the lottery. It's an exception. There are general principles and proverbs are designed to force us to have to think about it and how it applies to life finish your outdoor work. This is Proverbs 24:27. Think about it. Finish your outdoor work and get your fields ready. After that, build your house. What does that mean? Think about it. In that kind of environment, building your house was a luxury because you needed food on your table every day. So they were saying basically, don't go after luxuries first. Do the necessities and then the luxuries will follow. That's a great general principle to live by. Don't spend money that you don't have on things that you want. Rather, be wise. They're there to help us think deeply. Of course, we have proverbs in our day as well. Look before you leap is a proverb. We would say that to people who would tend to be leapers, that jump out quick, who maybe talk too quickly before they think. Are you one of those who... Needs to look before you leap. Others, another proverb is this: he who hesitates is lost. It seems like it's the opposite. Some proverbs are the opposite. Are you a hesitator that sometimes you maybe need to jump and say something quicker rather than slower because you've held back, or maybe you just need more time to think about that question because you're a hesitator. We're all we're all different. And the reality of the proverb is defined by the context of the situation. And we need to know that as we go forward and look at the proverbs. You need to look at the reality of the situation, the context of the moment, and see which one applies to you. There are many different proverbs that are important for us according to the context that we're in at that moment. There are two verses near the end of Proverbs that say this. This is Proverbs 26 verse 9. Like a thorn bush in a drunkard's hand is a proverb in the mouth of a fool. So proverbs can be dangerous if they're used wrongly. If you take it as a direct promise rather than a principle, it can do more harm than good. But there's also another proverb that tells us this. It can transform your life if you live by wisdom. Hear this one, Proverbs 3 verse 18. She is a tree of life to those who take hold of her. The she is wisdom. In the book of Proverbs, wisdom and foolishness is often personified. But here, wisdom is described as a tree of life to those who take hold of her. Those who hold fast to her will be blessed. One version says she is a life-giving tree. Here's my question to you as I draw in, as we go through this series of Proverbs in these next few weeks. Will you fall in love... With Lady Wisdom or Madam Folly? Billy Graham, who was a great man of God who died just last year, I think it was, said that he used to read a proverb every single day, a chapter of proverbs. There are 31 chapters, one for every day of the month. Would you read one every day with us as we go through this series? And if you do, I believe it will become a life-giving tree to you. If you have this dynamic, passionate relationship with this wisdom, of course, The personification of wisdom is Jesus. In the New Testament, he tells us that one greater than Solomon has come, and he is the one who is greater. Will you develop this ongoing relationship through the Proverbs with Jesus? Always asking yourself through the filter of the Bible, what would Jesus do? And the Proverbs is what Jesus would do all the time. And if you want life to work, live out the wisdom of Proverbs it's a life-giving tree. The Bible starts with trees and ends with trees. Right in the middle here in the book of Proverbs, we've got this tree of wisdom we can live from and live and lean into if we will. So my advice to you is imbibe from this book of Proverbs. Hey, I'd like to pray for you as we finish, but before I do that, if you're in a room with someone else, maybe just turn to them right now and say, hey, I feel more wise already. Or if you're on your own, just pat yourself on the chest and say, I want to live a wise life. Help me with this. So let's pray together in the name of Jesus. Father, I pray that as we go into this series on the book of Proverbs, that we'll learn how to live our life wisely every single day and that we'll follow according to your ways. Filter out the foolishness in us. Help us with our exceptions and help us to live according to your ways with a wise life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We pray it's been a blessing to you.